Yo, 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 it's Matt. Hey, it's Josh. What's up, it's your boy Darius. You are now tuned in to another episode of Dominate the Decade Podcast. Let's go. I'm trapped in. I'm trapped in, I know it. Hey, I know I'm trapped. I'm trapped, I'm trapped. I know I'm trapped. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look. I heard my nigga talking about me. Whisper getting close. Uh, nigga, same breaking bread. I don't even know you. All right, everybody, we're back, like we said, for another another episode of Dominate the Decade. Guys, we took a week off once again. They told us to take a break. We need recovery. Shout out, Drake. Oh, uh, what you guys been up to? Yeah, uh, actually a little glad we took that break because a lot of stuff has been on my plate lately in terms of work, in terms of, like, personal life. Uh, so everything was kind of just coming together at the same time. So glad we took that break, but also glad to be back. Sure. What about you, Darius? Yeah, uh, I just been working like crazy. Um, for those of y'all that don't know, I've been working 4 a.m. to 1 p.m. almost every day of the last couple of weeks. So definitely, you know, stacking my paper, but at what cost, you know? Um, but <laughs> just doing that, trying to get stuff ready for grad school next year. Uh, so you know, it sucked to be away for a week, but also I definitely did need a little time off. So, yeah. Uh, uh, Darius for which grad school and give people a little background of uh, what goes into working at Walmart oh Jesus okay so all I really do is just put stuff on shelves and like you would really think that that's not a difficult job and it truly isn't but you know there's always that one person on the job and I'm not gonna say who because I do want to keep my job uh just the fact that I already said that, that should already tell you who I'm talking about. But anyway, uh, just makes makes life in general just much more difficult. Uh, so it's not even really the job that's hard. It's just the dealing with the other people. And there's so many different behind the scenes things. So it's like you would think that like I'm doing one job at or not McDonald's, uh, Walmart. But there's so many other people who are doing like basically the same job that you end up working like. It's like too many cooks in the kitchen, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, hey, that's funny that you say that because uh, my brother used to work at Walmart like years ago, and he kind of said the same thing. It's so many people that it's like it feels like there's a lot of people, but at the same time, no one's doing anything. So it's like it's exactly people. So exactly a lot of young people working there is what I'm assuming, right? It's actually a good mix. Like there are obviously so there are some people that are younger than me there are some people that are significantly older than me, like my grandma's age, and we're all just doing the same job together. Uh, so that's super interesting. But uh, yeah, it's like a bunch of different people from a bunch of different backgrounds. So that's cool. But yeah, Yo, not the most fun. It's good to have like a job that you can go to at any time. Like thinking about Walmart as like a corporation, yeah, they really do provide some stability for like just America in general. You can always pick up and say, hey, let me work at uh, Walmart real quick. So that's good that they have that. And plus they have really good benefits too, right? Yeah. So uh, we got the little Rosetta Stone thing. I think we get free Rosetta Stone, which I might actually look into doing that because I mean, everybody, you know, needs somebody that speaks different languages. They do some little like college program where like it's a dollar a day um i think you can get like an associate's degree doing that if you don't have a high school diploma 
they can get you squared away doing that. And there's some other things too. They told us an orientation, but uh, yeah, they do offer like a lot of really good benefits for like full-time uh, positions and whatnot. But yeah, it's just the getting there that's kind of the difficult part, but yeah. Gotcha. So, and so I guess I'm going to switch it to you, Josh, real quick. So what can you tell us about what's been going on at the old ad agency that won't get you fired because this podcast is not making enough money? <laughs> Take on that salary. Hey, definitely cannot have this mess up anything. But, <laughs> man, it, it, it's, been, it's been a time coming. Uh, I was joking around with y'all, but the first couple of weeks that I started, like, it was kind of, it was kind of cool. The calm before the storm, I would say. But uh, these last couple of weeks, man, I, I've really been earning my money. So um, my director, the person that I like really uh, like report to, he was out this past week. So he uh, sent around to like the whole team, or whatever. Yeah, I'm going to be out on vacation. But uh, hey, hit up Josh if you have any questions. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't, I don't know what this <laughs> move. Um, but yeah, so last week was very busy for me. I was working some long days, but I uh, got through it and about to start this next week. So it should be a little bit better. But uh, yeah, everything's been going well here. Um, really, really excited to be working full time now. But yeah, it's been cool. That's all it's about waking up, loving what you're doing and doing it to the best of your capability. Now, me, as y'all know, I'm the only one in this, in this, uh, I'm not saying this chat, this is definitely on this podcast, that is still in school, school, so, and I work at USC, what's the inventory department, it's been interesting the past couple weeks, one, sometimes I'll be the guy driving around the trucks, like, you know, like, the little, like, F-250s, and so y'all should see the impressions that I get whenever I'm driving around because it's, it's a big truck, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so the students be looking at me around campus because I don't really be on campus besides for the job. And that, that's even a little bit away from it. Like, how in the world is he driving around that truck? Like, somebody needs to check his license. And the best thing about it is, which because y'all know I eat that kind of stuff up. And the best thing <laughs> is that uh, I don't even have a uniform. <laughs> <laughs> see me in the black shirt with a chain on, you know what I'm saying? Something like that. And then it's like, what? And I hop out the truck and then I go to the people. So it's like, okay, so he is official. So that's always a black, I mean, a blast. Wow, I don't know what that was. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, and also I left the job one day, came back the next day. And my boss told me there's a snake. There was a snake in like the back room. And then he was just trying to normalize it. Like, okay, that happens from time to time. And I almost had to hit up LinkedIn and start looking for new jobs because Matt can't have that. (laughs) (laughs) that <laughs> can't be going on yeah but also y'all I just finally updated linkedin i need to do handshake as well i was thinking it's like yo there's because you don't i don't want to be in a situation where it's the end of the semester i ain't got a job yep that was me <laughs> yeah that's why we at walmart <laughs> <laughs> shout out walmart once again we love it so hey. we're hoping hoping i can secure something like that and i feel like there's one other thing that's been going on it's been popping Oh, my Texans lost today, so it's not a good day for humanity. Mm. Colts just uh, wrapped up a dub against the Bears. But uh, while you were saying that, that, Matt, I actually had a realization. We all have something in common. We've all worked for the University of South Carolina uh, and, and doing different roles, and that's exactly how I felt last summer. I was working with housing, and I would be driving around on go-karts, feeling the same way. You know, there's not really 
too much of a uniform, but yeah, I would definitely be pushing that go kart. So, <laughs> good, times, good times, and that's actually where I kind of like met Adarius. I would always see yeah. him. <laughs> I was driving the golf cart, and he was like closing some gates or whatever, uh, and I would always give him the the uh, courtesy head nod. But uh, <laughs> yep, here we go. Hoping he reciprocate the same. Yep, orientation had me out there working like one of the Hebrew slaves, but we was. He was out there. <laughs> when that came up. But hey, so good glad we covered all that. We got to see everybody still living and doing well. A lot been going on in the world though, like we said before. We see that we had Trump's and Biden's debate speech. Whatever what 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 is, what's the like professional call it? Yeah, so it was the first presidential debate uh on last Tuesday. And then the vice president debate is coming up on Wednesday but we definitely got to talk about the uh, presidential debate for a second. Okay, just to back up for a second, did Trump have the virus while during the debate? Because I hear that he did. about the timeline, you know? Yeah. Yep, I'm, he definitely did. <laughs> yeah, I'm confused about the timeline as well. But, Adair, do you know anything about that? Like, I really don't. I think I want to say that he definitely did have it then, but pause, don't quote me on that. I'm 92% certain that he had it then. Because mm-hmm. I feel like the time period that we had between the debate happening and us finding out that he had COVID, it wasn't that short. Yeah. And it definitely wasn't short enough to where, like, something happened in between to where he got COVID. All right. So the debate was on Tuesday night. It came out on Friday morning uh, that he had. He tweeted. I think it was, like, 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. on Friday morning. Mm-hmm. So three days in between that, I can't say for certain that he had or didn't have it during the debate, Um, but I saw that there was like reports that came out that neither him or Biden uh, showed up in time for like testing from the facility or whatever. So they went Mm -hmm. on an honor system uh, to see if they had been tested before. So he must have been tested before the debate. So I don't know if he had it on Tuesday, but I also don't know how he would contract it from Wednesday to Friday morning. That's only like a two day period, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, (laughs) I know we were talking about this individually, but this whole thing just seems very uh, peculiar to say the least. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I'm I'm really not, the person who's into like all the conspiracy theories and whatnot, that's usually not my cup of tea. I don't think he got COVID. That's just me. I know his doctor has come out and said stuff, but people lie every day. I think it's definitely some political strategy at play here. That word right there, strategy. That's exactly what I feel too. Like always thinking kind of like a few moves ahead. It's like, oh, what's the Mm -hmm. benefit from this? What's the actual strategy behind this? And it seems like, all right, he, we can all say that he didn't do the best during the debates. Um, and he probably as bad as he probably could do, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was, that was very, very bad. Um, and I feel like his team, whether it be his PR team, his campaign team, whatever team, uh, they probably came together on Wednesday morning and said, Hey guys, like that was bad. We got to figure out something else. What is it going to be? And it seems like this is what they came up with because the timing is just very, very interesting. Exactly. So when we were talking about this in group chat, 
And it's just kind of like, all right, Trump, you completely messed that up, big fella. So just sit like, you know, I, I always get the picture of like a woman being like, just sit down, just sit down. And we're going to work <laughs> something out. We're going to go into this ballroom. We're going to come up with something. At this point, you're just going to go with it. So, and the funny thing about this whole thing was I was on Twitter that morning. It was announced. And I'm just looking at all the Twitter memes. And it's like, is Trump, is he ready to go? All that stuff. And then I looked at the group message and all, and then these guys are saying, yo, we don't think he has it. And it completely kind of moved me, but it actually made a lot of sense. And so, like Josh was just saying, we think they came up, well, we kind of are on the cups. We don't really know exactly what happened. We think that they might have come up with a plan, say he had COVID, he goes through with it, some just recovers from it, and uh, says it wasn't that bad. But it has been interesting to see that he's been in the hospital. Yeah, um, I just sent you guys a, a tweet or, or something. It might have been this message. Um, but it was like Trump saying like he's like recovering super uh, efficiently. Um, mm -hmm. They might release him from the hospital tomorrow. And I'm like, wait, this, uh, this turnaround is very just interesting. I keep saying that because the whole thing just doesn't seem right to me. But uh, yeah, my whole prediction was that he would get diagnosed and then over the next two to three-ish weeks, he would miraculous, miraculously get better and then say, oh, guys, like, if I survived it, we all can survive it because I'm 77 and – or 77 or 74. I think 74. Uh, he up there. We know. <laughs> yeah, he, he up there. Uh, he's like, if I can survive it, then anybody can survive it. And it seems like his campaign might use this as, like, a rallying cry to – try to siphon some votes and, and it yeah. seems like that's going hand in hand with south carolina who has decided i think we opened up our restaurants to 100 percent occupancy or whatever Everything. so in that case it's like okay trump says if that does happen and he's like okay i made the recovery and south carolina's like yep that's when we opened our restaurants up to 100 percent i don't think our surrounding states are they on that now i did watch that georgia football game last night georgia auburn and that stadium was packed, and it was loud. It seemed nothing short of an SEC environment. Uh, so I think Georgia on the same thing, too. Yeah. Uh, I want to say Florida might also be taking steps to kind of to get back to kind of normal, quote, unquote. Then again, Florida, as everybody knows, Florida always just does their own thing, regardless of how you – what area of life you choose to look in. But, um, see, so yeah, and it also – I don't mean to be like political or like partisan in any way, but like the Republican states and the more democratic leaning states also do tend to like handle these sorts of things differently. So it's a lot of like more Republican led states that are trying to like, you know, open back up versus the democratic states who are like, you know, everybody still wear your mask, do all the social distancing stuff you need to do, stuff like that. So at least that's the trend that I'm noticing. Yeah, it's interesting to see uh, what the swing states do, because I know mm -hmm. North Carolina is a little bit, uh, I guess, reclusive about opening and they kind of watch what we do and see what happens to us. You, you guys know that uh, our rates have been some of the worst since reopening, uh, but North Carolina has like remained in like shelter in place and stuff. So and they are uh, a pivotal swing state, especially this year. So. It's uh, it's funny to see how people in different states handle this whole COVID reopening. Gotcha. But, hey, let's backtrack real quick a little bit. Let's talk about what actually happened after the debate. You guys want to kind of dive into any points 
I think the, the most global point that everybody was talking, I'm sure they're talking about this around the world, was whenever the president, the, the current president this was told to, y'all put this in better words than I'm, what I'm about to say, but basically told the white supremacists to stand by. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> so basically, the question that Trump was supposed to respond to, they asked him, would he, on camera, right then, right there, denounce white supremacy? Which for any other living being, ah, for any other living being, excuse me, that's about the easiest question you'll ever get asked. That's a straight up like, yeah, I don't like white supremacists. Like, not, not, we're not asking for a lot here. Of course, and I'm still, I'm dumbfounded by the fact that Trump couldn't even do that. Like, that is bare minimum. Thanks. And he still couldn't just do it. <laughs> He said, uh, Proud Boys, which is a white supremacist group, he said, Proud Boys, stand, stand back and stand by, which, first off, I, and I know I went off on this in a group chat earlier, but, like, what does that even mean? <laughs> that's, that's, we don't say that. No one has ever said that. Like, in what, in what way is that supposed to be anything other than, like, you know, you giving these people orders, you know? Nice. Like, yeah, we alluded to it a little bit earlier, but I feel like he completely botched it. Not, not even including, I mean, you definitely have to include these uh, two statements about uh, not really denouncing or beating around the bush when it comes to denouncing uh, white supremacists and then the Proud Boys comment. But not only that, but his demeanor during the uh, debate, like ab about being super aggressive, interrupting, like they both were interrupting, but he was definitely the aggressor. Um, I felt like that was strategic as well, what the strategy was, I don't know, because it just made him look stupid. Uh, and then all of that together, it's just like, what What are you doing? That that's, was like a, a zero out of 10 um, from him. So I, I just don't understand what the strategy was, but he really did. Uh, fumble the bag there, in my opinion. Yeah, it kind of seemed to me as like it was like no preparation. It seemed to me because the word that I keep getting here associated with Trump is the bully, and it was like the bully did what he did, what he does every other day at school. He bullies. Okay. He just bullies. Now, I think it was when we heard uh, Biden to call him a clown and stuff like that, that was a little bit different. And it's also yes. different because the culture is kind of starting to use words like clown and stuff. So it's like, what Biden been listening to? But yeah, the bully was trying to be the bully. Biden wasn't going for it as much, I guess you would say. But I think he, most people would definitely say he came up victorious. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the other moment that I thought, I mean, with Trump, you, and again, this is, we're not a political podcast. We just talk about political stuff. But anyway, uh, mm -hmm. we don't have like an agenda. The thing that I thought was especially like not cool to put it very lightly from Trump was him bringing up uh, Biden's son and his drug problem. Because mm. like, I don't know. I'm just, I've always been the type of person, regardless of what your disagreements are with the person, there are just certain, there are certain lines that you just don't cross. Yeah. People's kids is definitely one of those lines. And for you to just jump across it like all oh, just cavalier, in addition to all of the other things you've already said, like that's just that's low. And I don't see how people like stand by someone who just goes that low consistently. Yeah, that was very low. I will say if your or descendants or children have something to do with politics, 
then you can talk about them. Like the yeah. stuff you were saying about Hunter Biden, I'm like, okay, like these are legitimate uh, questions that he's asking. But other stuff, like where he was talking about his uh, son that had the, the drug problem and got dismissed from the military, um, that was that just seemed like a super hard blow. Like you you don't have to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. But you, we know how Trump is. We know how uh, his stances are. So never can rule anything out with them. One hundred percent. So, and okay. So Camilla Harris and the other and who My, yeah, yeah. That when is that one? That's uh Wednesday, I believe. Which y'all uh, be tuned? Y'all be tuned into that one? I will definitely be tuned in. Um, I feel like that will be a much more civil debate. Um, also, let me plug in that it's important that we look at our local debates as well. Um, Amen. I think was it Friday, Darius, that uh, Jamie Harrison and uh, Lindsey Graham debated? I believe so, and I think that one's another one. I think that one also had a very clear winner with uh, Jamie Harrison. So yeah, uh, yes. yeah. I was uh, watching it on YouTube earlier today, um, and not to switch gears, Matt. I'm sorry, but um, yeah, I definitely feel like Jamie Harrison won that one. But th- just saying, those are equally important, if not more important, to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Kamala and um, Mike Pence debate on Wednesday, which I'm looking forward to, uh, as I do think it will be much more of a like a civil debate, uh, talking about some legitimate issues that the American people care about that we need to talk about. And hopefully they're not interrupting each other and, and just taking blows at each other, basically. There is, I will go, or you or Josh Gander couldn't answer this. Jamie Harrison, what do we need to know about him? For the person that might not go, like, pay too much attention to local politics, which, like Josh said, is super important. What's the things we need to know about him? All his commercials, I know he's a kid from Orangeburg, South Carolina. <laughs> you know, you hear it all the time. Hey, wait, 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 hold on. Sure. Hold on. Let's talk about the commercials before we do anything, man. This is the worst time of the year in terms of commercials. There's so back and forth. Every other, like, commercial, every other ad literally is jamie harrison i'm just a, a southern boy from this is this, this whatever whatever and then it's lindsey graham saying jamie harrison like it's literally like, jamie harrison. <laughs> and paid for by lindsey graham and it's just like bro can we please just fast forward all this like who are making these ads are these people that barely took any like film study or anything because they look just so badly made but that's just the, the advertising person in me. But yeah, going back to the question, Matt, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so um, full disclosure, I really don't know a whole, whole lot about his platform. Uh, so I can't really comment there. Uh, I do know, well, obviously he's a more liberal candidate than Lindsey Graham would be. But this is why it's important to do your own research, which I plan to do. Uh, so yeah, I don't really know very much about his platform honestly yeah Graham seems hated in the state every single time I talk to any of my aunts uncles it's like this guy has been terrible do y'all know any like I said we're gonna do the research but y'all know anything that he's done that's really kind of stood out yeah so I can't like comment directly on things that he's done in the past because full disclosure I'm not the most informed about uh politics in the state but I will say from watching this debate and watching some of the things uh that he said over the past couple of years. Um, From this debate specifically, it seems like he's 
definitely not even seems he's definitely much more conservative in terms of uh his views um and very i don't want to say stereotypical in a negative way um but stereotypical conservative beliefs um and he seems like he's really for people that have those same views he's not really trying to uh, change anyone's mind he's really just trying to reassure people that already have these views like uh small government uh less taxes more uh economic means and things like that which there's nothing wrong with that but uh definitely just see him leaning that way so yeah last thing i'm gonna say about uh lindsey graham the man does tend to flip-flop on every single issue that he's ever presented with so that's something else to also know just going into it i believe it was during like the last presidential election the man hated trump like if trump was on fire lindsey graham wouldn't spit on that man but like now you see how he just rides for everything trump says and there are several other issues, even the one where they were talking about, um, I believe, well, it, last week feels like two years ago. But anyway, when uh, immediately after the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, and there was this whole debate about whether or not we should appoint someone else to the Supreme Court, when we were trying to do that in 20, don't give me the lie, whenever, uh, whenever uh, Judge Scalia passed away, whenever we were trying to get another person on the, the court then, the whole debate was, oh, you should wait until the next president is elected. But then now that the shoe's on the other foot, you know, we should, you know, rush the process, get someone else as soon as possible. So, again, you know, Lindsey Graham, whatever he believes right now, give him two years and it'll be a completely different thing. So. Oh, man. Um, yeah. So I feel like just wrapping that up, I think it's super important, number one, for us to um, partake in consuming these talks and debates and seeing where these people actually stand. But two, and I guess these go hand in hand, it's like getting these, this information for ourselves, not relying on anyone else to give this information to us. The only thing we should rely on other people for is if they're giving us information, we go and fact check it and see if it's legitimate mm -hmm. and then form our own opinions. So that's really the only thing uh, that I care about. Uh, I don't care what your beliefs are. Uh, I don't care who you support, just have your own reasoning for it and have your own formulated opinion about it because it, it's just ever important nowadays with the amount of misinformation and disinformation out there. There you go, in the age of information, make sure you go get it for yourself. But y'all, so that's all we're going to discuss about that topic for the day. Now, we all took it back this week to watch an old school movie. Most people have seen it. If you haven't, go check it out. The name of the movie is Menace to Society, the number two, by the way. Good movie. I had seen it before. I had to go back and rewatch it, though, before we discussed it. So we're going to hit on some of the topics. Y'all know what we do with the movie reviews. Right out the gates in this movie, Menace to Society, as, I, well, okay, let me say this. I noticed it hit on a lot of historical, like historical black, you know, kind of topics and stuff like that. Maybe mm -hmm. that's why so many people have watched it or if they haven't, like they go back and watch it now. It's just like one of those, uh, I call them like Jewels in Society. But anyway, right out the gate of the movie, you see the black people in the, I don't know if that's an Asian, that's an Asian store. Yeah. Yeah, it was like an Asian convenience store. Yeah, being followed by the owners of the store. And it's like, boom, right here, right here, right now. We're going to go ahead and start talking about it. And I was like, huh, okay. And it probably just was kind of showing you the problems they've had then. And it's just funny. We still have those problems now. Yeah. Um, I think to start, I think it's really similar to the first movie we covered with Crash in terms of how it just jumped into the plot. 
Um, Mm -hmm. And it just talked about all of these issues that are like right in your face. They start off just with this really tense scene and Crash was the same way. Um, So yeah, I like how it started. Well, I shouldn't say I like how it started, but uh, oh yeah, I also meant to say when you were suggesting the audience, uh, the audience watch the movie, definitely throw a disclaimer on that because it's very graphic, a lot of uh, violence and a lot of uh, mature language, I should say. So definitely got to throw that disclaimer out there. All the cursing in that movie, at some point, it's like goodness gracious, like, and even the little boy in the movie was cussing like that. I'm like, man, it, I wonder was it that much cussing going around during that time, or they just uh, kind of exaggerated for the movie. So I can't really say about like the time period, but there were certain parts of the movie that did kind of remind me a little bit of like my neighborhood growing up, and I can say in that regard, it was probably accurate. And even to the point where, like, I believe when I was, like, 12 or 13, me and my cousin, we had walked down to this convenience store, again, owned by an Asian lady, coincidentally, and got racially profiled, like, basically the same way, like, following us around the store, was like, if y'all are going to buy nothing, hurry up and get it out, like, that was sort of a thing. And so that was my initial takeaway, it's just like, like you said, Matt, you know, this was, this movie was made over 20 years ago, but the fact that we're still dealing with the exact same thing now uh, is just crazy. And yeah, it's just like, you know, something's got to change at some point. And I don't know what it takes to make that happen, but, you know, I don't want, you know, my kids in 20 years to be dealing with the same thing that I was dealing with, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think there was definitely some profiling and it's definitely symbolic of some of the things that we still go through today. But the, the thing that I get kind of tripped up with this movie watching it it seemed like they were right about the people they were stereotyping. So like when the scene opens up in the beginning, the Asian woman is kind of like eyeing them, like looking to see what they're doing. Uh, the guys are like grabbing the beers and drinking them in the store. Very just like off-putting. And of course you never want someone to like stereotype you, but I feel like sometimes if you're fitting a stereotype, like you can't really like complain. Um, but then uh whenever there was like an altercation uh he pulled out his gun and ended up like just killing the guy right there like it was nothing and i was just like man this is this is pretty pretty brutal uh especially to start off with it would have worked to i feel like the culture's advantage for them not to have had a gun and just kind of walked out the store yeah because like you said you feel you end up filling up the stereotype it's like, okay they are violent and then they go take the money and then they looking for all the money and then they steal the beer after they shot the people and get out you know get the videotape and stuff but i get what you're saying but some other stuff i noticed i know that plastic wrap on the couch <laughs> oh that's a I staple i did that. <laughs> <laughs> hey and then they even mentioned like i said they didn't even not only hinted at the stuff they actually spoke on it like white jesus i heard them talk about that I heard the whole thing with, uh, hold on, give me one second. The, did y'all see, I think it was at the grandparents' house, there's the painting of the Last Supper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seeing that, everybody has that. So just a lot of common things. You saw that the, you got, you got something, Josh? Oh, no, I was just about to say that's really uh, symbolic of a lot of households in the Black community. Like, not only did they have the uh, plastic over the, the sofa, but in that scene where they showed that picture of the Last Supper, uh, he was talking about how the guys just need the Lord and they need to uh, repent to Jesus and uh, all this different stuff talking about religion. So 
I felt like that was very uh, on brand in terms of the the black experience. And then well, even when old dog, they were saying old dog is American nightmare because he's young black and he don't get uh, y'all. This is we got kids listening to this podcast, so we can't say exactly, but y'all know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like, that's the America's nightmares, which was I thought was very interesting. Also, and it it definitely hits. It's like everybody has that one friend that's woke. That's extremely woke, yep. and, it, and it just happened to be a knucklehead that was turned Muslim is what they said in the movie. And it's like, he's kind of trying to tell him, ah, y'all have to do that. And it just so happens that he had a father figure, which was something that you only saw, like, I guess you, you had, Kane had a grandfather who was like a father mm-hmm. figure, but he just wasn't listening to him. And the Muslim, the guy who was the ex-knucklehead turned Muslim had a father figure, but that also wasn't something you saw commonly in this film. Yeah, there were, so for me, there were a lot of, I think, deeper issues that if we wanted to make this like a whole discussion like definitely I think factor in I think obviously you know the lack of solid male figures is a whole thing to talk about one obviously within the movie but two within the black community I think really you could make this into a mental health discussion just because like you know the constant having people around you dying that can't take that can't be good obviously um, growing up in an environment where like you have to do all this stuff to you know survive to where like you don't know if you just driving down the street you know you can get carjacked you can get shot just anything could happen you constantly living on edge constantly living in fear and then having to go to extreme measures to protect yourself that has to wear on you eventually and honestly even in the first scene where like O-Dog uh, shot the the convenience store worker for saying something about his mom, like, I even think that was, like, that had some sort of, like, mental effect, because, like, the ability to acknowledge the situation and then to make a rational decision based off of what happened in that situation, clearly, there's something not connecting there. And then the need to constantly, I guess, defend one's identity and one's, like, sense of self at whatever cost, like, I feel like that just warrants a different, uh, deeper discussion, especially among like black men, because I think we all sort of deal with that in some way, and just constantly have to be on guard against like you know whatever other man could just be like an enemy. Yeah, no, Adarius, I'm really glad that you uh, took the conversation this way because that's what I felt too. Like I felt like there was a very there there was a duality to to this movie because on one hand you see real life things that go uh, on in communities and in places in our country now and what so many people of our culture experience and you might look at that and say oh man that's like so rough there's so much stuff going on like it's just a bad environment in general and Matt I know you know from uh, Wiggins class the latent messages in media I felt like the latent messages of it was look at this environment that people are forced to grow up in that they have no control over and you might look at them and say, oh, man, they're thugs, they're gangsters. But what do you expect when you're growing up and you're seeing people die every day or you're seeing people pull out guns and uh, people uh, that are older than you are handing you guns to look at and teach you how to shoot, telling you to do this, do that. It's like I, I felt like it was really just saying, take a step back and look at this situation that we are forced to be in sometimes. And after a while, you can end up being a product of your environment. Uh, and it's not really the person's fault that they are this way, but it's the, the circumstances that they're dealt with. 
Yeah, I would say the main character is that Kane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just think about Kane whenever he had Jada Pickett's, I can't think of her character name, son. It was like he didn't understand why. I mean, obviously, it seemed like he knew it probably wasn't the best idea, but he was trying to teach a young boy how to hold a gun. Yeah. It's like, that is not normal. Like, that is not normal, but in that environment, it's kind of like, well, well, your boyfriend or her boyfriend or whatever taught him how to do so. So he's like, so what's wrong with it? And and then obviously the, obviously the imprisonment thing for the young child. And so somebody else has to step in and they end up moving away and all that other stuff. Like I said, y'all go check out the movie. But yeah, that, that movie definitely had a lot of topics. And it's definitely like a classic. I feel like most people have seen it. Was it either, was it either one of y'all's first time seeing it? Yeah, it was my first time seeing it. And it was my first time seeing it like through and through. Of course, I've seen bits and pieces of it. Uh, but yeah, it was my first time watching it fully. That one doesn't come with BET, right? Uh, I think they would have to throw out some serious disclaimers. <laughs> yeah. Throw some serious ads in the middle, like, and chop it up the scenes. But, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. That's what I was thinking, because, you know, Baby Boy has become really – I mean, it was already common, but then you start seeing on ba- uh, BET every other day. Actually, every day. But I was wondering, like, Minister Society <laughs> hasn't been on there quite as much. And it's like, oh, but like y'all said, because of the language – and because the language is such a part of the film, I don't think they mm. can do it. Yeah, at all. Um, but backing up a little bit, I feel like uh, it's also a testament of becoming like desensitized to violence and things that go mm-hmm. on. Like the main character, uh, he said like the first time he saw someone die, I, I think it was the first time he saw his dad kill someone. He's like, but it wasn't going to be fast. Um, and then you see over the course of his life, like he's just shooting people, killing people every day. And like, it, it comes to a point, like you remember the scene where he was like showing his friends the, the tape he was like, oh, man, this is, they were watching it like it was entertainment. Uh, and they were sitting around, joking around. And it's like, it comes to a point where you become so desensitized to uh, violence and things that go on. It's like, that has to take a toll on your, your mental uh, health and just you as a person overall. And you always think it's like that kid goes sits in a class with a whole bunch of other kids who are from completely different environments. You even saw they even hand at the Latino community, all this, that, and the third. And it's like, everybody's supposed to be on the same page. But like, I guess if you talk to the kids, like, yo, we are not the same. We are not built the same. Mm-hmm. So, uh, something you think about. I, I think there was, oh, sorry. Uh, there's God. Oh, no, I was going to kind of to that point of like us not being the same. Something that just sort of hit me, like literally just now. I think... I don't want to necessarily attach a race. Yeah, I do. I'm going to say a lot of black kids growing up in like our different environments, I don't think a lot of us are really taught how to live, if that makes sense. I think a lot of us are taught how to survive. And those are two very different things. And I think when you approach life as something like, I have to do whatever I have to do to survive, that's when you end up making a lot of decisions that like, it sounds good in the moment, but it has such like long lasting effects and long lasting like repercussions which is why you have so many people selling drugs and making a lot of money selling drugs, but they never move out of the neighborhoods where they're selling drugs, you know? Mm. Like you never really acquire anything more than what you have because you're, you're just in this survival mindset, just doing what you have to do to make it to the next day and the next day, but not actually learning how to live and like making choices that would last for more than just this next moment, you know? Yeah. yeah. Definitely agree. Definitely agree. Um, but overall, I thought it was a, a really good movie that told a, a really authentic story. I don't know mm-hmm. if I would say, like, this is one of my favorite movies. Like, I, I don't know if I would go back and watch and just say, like, yeah, I love this movie. 
because not even gonna lie, like some of the the violence and the gruesomeness uh, and the amount of blood in it <laughs> definitely was a little turn off for me, but uh, really great storytelling. So what, was that movie made in the 90s or? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, yeah, early. definitely 90s. Crazy to see Jada Pink. That was back when Jada was like way back in the day and it's the evolution of where she is now on the red table, you know, the whole Will Smith situation. It's like, wow, she's been, but she's been in the film game for a minute. What, there was another really popular movie that she was in a long time ago. Do y'all know the name of it? That's very broad. I'm sure y'all might not be able to pull it together. Matt, but. Hey, you are the king at asking the, these broad questions, bro. Hey, <laughs> wait, wait. For the audience, it was a couple of weeks ago. This man, Matt, was like, he put in the chat, hey, do y'all know that uh, that song that Beyonce was in and she was on the cover looking good? And I was like, <laughs> like that is always. What do you mean? <laughs> Oh, yeah, it was a meme, and I still have yet to find it, as a matter of fact. I feel like I saw it a couple times. I can't put it back together. Shout out, Beyonce. Shout out, Jay-Z. No, no pun intended. <laughs> um, but I do not know uh, the movie you're talking about with Jada Pinkett. I have not seen, like, a lot of movies with her in it, and I know that's probably bad on me. It's like, like five or six of them are coming to mind for me, but I just don't know which one yeah, is like the one you're referencing. Well, we definitely know Set It Off, right? That's Love that movie. Uh, but Jason's lyric, uh, uh, what? Oh, dang it. What? I just had it. Oh, well, <laughs> The Nutty Professor, she was in that one. She was in Ali. Yeah. Bamboozled. Is that Maybe the... it was a TV like... show. Nah, Different that... world. Different, that might be it. That might be it. That might be it. I'm thinking that might be it. Though. Yeah, because I think that was like her kind of start. I think she was, was she? I think she was supposed to be on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but something ended up, or maybe she was. Yeah, no, no, no. I remember her talking about it. And she was saying, but if she was, her and Will probably would not have, because it worked out as well at that time, because they weren't in the space that they would eventually mm -hmm. need to be. Do y'all watch Red Table? No. I've seen a couple episodes. I th actually, I think I've seen most episodes, but. Hey, <laughs> you started off. I don't feel like one or two, actually, most. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I still like it too. That's one of my all time pastimes. I enjoyed it a lot. I haven't listened to any of them recently. I don't think. I haven't watched any of them recently, but I like that a lot. Yeah, so, uh, I think that's all. <laughs> I think that's all we have for today. Y'all got anything else? Nah, hey, that's it for me. You know, whenever it's uh, pretty long pauses, that it's probably time to wrap up. So. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Darius, you good? Yeah, uh, y'all just go register to vote. The time is coming soon. So if you're planning to uh, do your mail-in ballot, you need to get on that ASAP. Uh, if you're going to do it in person, wear your mask. Yo, I actually uh, think today's the last day to register in South Carolina. Oh, well, um, yeah, that, well... I hope you are registered to vote in that case. <laughs> I was about to say, in that case, shame on you for not. Make sure that you, uh, make sure you, like we said before, like we're going to go do, go figure everything out. You need to know about the local politics so you know who you're going to vote for. And let's get the orange man out of office. Amen. Amen. All right. Oh, but I mean, that's what you want to do. <laughs> uh, okay, that's what you want to do. To the people. No, nah, he it. said what he said. Make your own <laughs> But Matt definitely said what he said. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Hey, y'all, that's all we have in this edition of Dominant Decade. We're out. Okay, Peace. Just play. Yeah. No, turn me up. Yeah.